Hey there, it's Friday, February 18th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen every single day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all podcast platforms, so please go find us and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's show... Cole Anthony, he's going dunking this weekend during the NBA All-Star Weekend. Carolina basketball will be facing one of those dreaded 48-hour Saturday-Monday turnarounds. We're going to unpack that. But before we get to the back end of that turnaround, we have to start with Carolina's matchup in Blacksburg Saturday, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN2. Right there inside Castle Coliseum, Carolina will travel to take on the Virginia Tech Hokies. And I cannot stress highly enough to you the sheer importance of this game. It is one of only two remaining Quad 1 opportunities for Carolina. Uh, scheduled Quad 1 opportunities, that is. They might be able to grab another one of those in the ACC tournament, but that remains to be seen. Because of the damaging loss to Pittsburgh on Wednesday night, Carolina really needs to go at least 4-1 and one the rest of the way in the regular season, which would then include either winning this game Uh, tomorrow on Saturday, or beating Duke in the final regular season game, and then probably pick up a game or two in the ACC tournament to feel really good about getting off that bubble and making it into the field. Things just took a really, really big hit on Wednesday night with the loss to Pitt. Uh, some a little bit of a change from yesterday. I had said that it was a quad four loss, and it was. But hey, great news, or at least you know less terrible news than it was. Uh, here's a, here's a carefully crafted and I would say somewhat hilarious run on sentence that I've uh, put together for you about the net rankings. North Carolina's quad four loss to Pittsburgh on Wednesday night is now no longer a quad four loss to Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh beat North Carolina and moved up far enough in the net rankings that Carolina's quad four loss to Pittsburgh is now a quad three loss to Pittsburgh. You got that? Good. (laughs) That's the crazy circular mess of the net rankings. Surely because Pittsburgh beat North Carolina, it moved them up, and now that is a Q3 loss. But come on, let's be honest. Pittsburgh's going to take on more losses, and it'll probably turn back into a quad four. What does that mean? What does that all add up to? Carolina has to get some quad one victories to try to balance that out. Remember, right now they are 0-7 in quadrant one. So really, what does it mean that that loss is a quad three loss now instead of quad four? Really doesn't mean all that much at all. Then it's a slightly less damaging loss than it initially was. And again, even that logic assumes that Pitt won't drop back down with more losses. Anyway, this will be the second time Carolina has faced Virginia Tech this year. The Tar Heels won 78-68 over the Hokies back on January 24th in the Dean Dome and now make the return trip up to Blacksburg. In that first game, Caleb Love led all scores with 22 points, had a game-high five assists, uh, but the, the star was Armando Baycott, who had 14 points and one of his three 20-rebound games this season, but uh, due somewhat to a silly technical foul 
that he had, he ended up fouling out of that game before he could do more damage. All five starters for Carolina scored in double figures in that game. However, the bench contributed just two points. Uh, We have seen in the past several games much more production, production from the bench, and, and would love to see that trend continue on Saturday. In that first matchup, Keve Aluma led Virginia Tech with 19 points, uh, but it was Justin Mutz that really impressed me that game. He had a double-double of his own matching Baycott with 18 points and 10 rebounds, and so excited to see that as well. Virginia Tech is on a bit of a run. If you have not been paying attention, I know a lot of people weren't because they were having a tough time of it. Uh, A team picked to finish near the top of the ACC preseason, but just had been struggling. However, after Carolina, they lost to Miami, but since then have reeled off six straight victories. None of them are uh, overly impressive against other members of the top four or five in the ACC standings, but that uh, doesn't mean that they aren't still playing. I mean, to win six straight conference games, you have to be playing well. As it stands, they've worked their way up now. Virginia Tech has to seventh place in the ACC, while as you're probably aware, Carolina is currently alone in fourth. However, this weekend could see quite a big shakeup in those top seven standings or so uh, because of this game. Notre Dame plays at Wake Forest. Notre Dame is second. Wake Forest is tied for fifth. Virginia travels to Miami. Virginia is sixth. Miami is third. And so um, some big games uh, in terms of helping shake out the top of the ACC standings. Now, ordinarily in a game preview, you would hear me, you know, give you several things I'm watching for, get into the weeds on some matchups. You know, I'm going to provide some interesting statistical factoids for you because that's what Isaac Shade does. (laughs) But none of that today. You know why? Here's all that matters about this matchup on Saturday. Is North Carolina going to compete? Will they have a sense of of urgency? Will, Will Carolina play as though their tournament life depends on this victory? You know why I ask that? Because it does. (laughs) Carolina has to win this game if they want to continue thinking about being part of the NCAA tournament discussion. Um, when, When we think back to this game Wednesday night with Pitt, do you recall the defensive intensity they had down the stretch as they were trying to mount this furious comeback? Where is that at the beginning of the game? Where is that in the first half? Why, why is it that a team can only find this level of intensity when their backs are up against the wall? Uh, I believe it was Leaky Black talking about it in postgame after Wednesday night saying, we have to find a way to come out from the opening tip like that. And absolutely, Leaky Black, you're spot on. Well done. Uh, this team needs to find a way to come out, punch Virginia Tech in the mouth, get the ball inside to Armando Baycott, and let's go to work. Uh, One of the other great things we saw in the second half the other night is Caleb Love getting to the rim after settling for three-point shots for the majority of the first half. Obviously, when he's hitting those, as he did against Florida State last Saturday, uh, a lot of that not getting to the rim is being um, hidden or, uh, you know, taken care of because he's hitting shots. But when Caleb Love is getting to the rim, which he did at will at the end of the game against Pittsburgh, that's when things are going well. That's what Caleb Love needs to do. So what 
bottom line, what does North Carolina, the 2021-22 version of the Tar Heels, have to do to be ready to go when the ball goes up? It's going to be on the road in a, in a crazy environment at Virginia Tech. We always know uh, it's a little bit nuts there. And so, um, man, going to have to be ready to get it going. So the big question is, will the Heels be ready to take a step back in the right direction after Wednesday night's, Wednesday night's setback? Now we're going to find out tomorrow what that's going to look like. And then after that, they'll have a quick 48-hour turnaround following the Virginia Tech game before hosting Louisville on Monday night. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full swing. The NBA All-Star Game is just a couple days away now, and Selection Sunday is right about three weeks away. It's three weeks from Sunday. So from all the latest odds and totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. They've got sports scores, podcasts, and news all this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, as well as all the latest Olympic coverage. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Well, as I said just before we talked about Bet Online, Carolina does have one of those 48 hour Saturday to Monday turnarounds coming up. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to thank you again for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen every day. And I want to remind you that starting next week, that's right, three days from now on Monday, Tar Heels, Locked On Tar Heels can be your first watch every day as well. And so uh, you'll be able to continue to catch the show in traditional podcast formats. If that's you, please keep listening. But if you're somebody who'd rather hop on YouTube and uh, stare at my ugly mug for 30 minutes, uh, be my guest. You're more than welcome to do that and would love to have you do so. Well, each fall, when the college basketball schedule drops, the first thing I do is I scour it to see, all right, where is Carolina going to have to go from Saturday, turn right back around, and play on Monday night? Uh, typically, when they have those, it's either being on the road and then back at home or starting off at home and then going on the road. This is going to be, uh, this weekend is going to be one of those on the road and then back at home situations going to Virginia Tech and then hosting Louisville on Monday night. Well, how, how did we get here? How did the ACC get to this point? Let me just give you a little context because I know it's always helpful to be able to learn a little bit uh, how things came to be. So you're probably familiar with ESPN's entity called Big Monday. And that is something that debuted way back January 5th, 1987, with a game between, we believe, Syracuse and Providence. Uh, ESPN researcher and Tar Heel graduate Brian Ives and I have been doing uh, some looking into that, and, and that's our best effort to figure out what that very first Big Monday game was. Well, uh, eventually the Big East restructured and so um, ultimately signed with Fox Sports. And so the ACC moved into taking on one of those two Big Monday slots beginning in the 2013-2014 season. And so from that season until now, ACC teams have been, I'll say, subjected to playing these Saturday-Monday 48-hour turnarounds. So that means that this season is the ninth for the ACC to play those games. 
And and here's the deal. As you would probably guess, because as any entity would want to do, ESPN wants the biggest brands to be on their station on these Monday nights. And so what does that mean? Well, they're going to have Carolina and Duke and Louisville and Syracuse, some of these more just well-known national entities. And, and, and so because of that, some of the ACC schools have found themselves faced with, I'll call it an NCAA tournament-style turnaround, right? That Just that one day in between, just like in the NCAA tournament, some ACC schools are being subjected to that more often than others. To that end, as you look at the Big Monday schedule for this year, of the 15 ACC schools, eight of them, so that's just over half, don't play a single Saturday-Monday turnaround. That, like That's over half of those teams. Hear me say that. Three schools have to do three of these back-to-backs. Three schools have three back-to-backs, eight have none, and then the other four fall somewhere in between. So let me give you the breakdown of who's got what. Here's the eight teams that don't play uh, a Saturday-Monday turnaround. Boston College, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Miami, NC State, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, and Wake Forest. Uh, There are three teams that have one Saturday-to-Monday turnaround, Florida State, Syracuse, Virginia Tech. One school, you can guess who, that has two of those turnarounds, the Duke Blue Devils, and then three schools that have to do it three times. And if you're paying attention to who I haven't said yet, you can probably guess, but it's Louisville, Virginia, and none other than your North Carolina Tar Heels. Well, friends, you might or might not know I love to dig in and do some research. And so I've gone back and looked at all nine years of uh, the ACC's involvement in Big Monday. And guess what? In that nine-year run, I'll just give you one wild guess as to which school has been subjected to these Saturday-Monday turnarounds more than any other school. I'll pause for a moment. No, you don't need me to pause for a moment. You know who it is? North Carolina. That's right. The Tar Heels, more than any of the other 15 schools in this conference, have had to do these daggum things, to use a Roy Williams phrase. 23 times in those nine years, North Carolina has had to play a Saturday-Monday turnaround. What a disadvantage. Second, Behind them, uh, behind the Tar Heels, is tied Duke and Virginia, and on and on down the list. And guess what? You get to the bottom, and right at the bottom of my list here, Wake Forest. Just take one guess how many times in the nine years of the ACC being in Big Monday that Wake Forest has had to do a Saturday-Monday turnaround. Ready? Zero. Wake Forest has literally never had to do this. And what an advantage for Wake Forest. What a disadvantage for Carolina. Think about all the travel, all the recovery, everything that goes into truncating your schedule like that. Whereas a school, let's just say Wake Forest, since they've never done it, is able to continue spreading their schedule out more, playing on Tuesday and Saturday or Wednesday and Saturday or whatever it is. They have a big advantage in being able to do that. So congrats to you, Wake Forest. You're the Demon Deacons. And that means you're not good at basketball. Okay, great. Although this year you are and you beat Carolina. So I guess I should probably be quiet about that. But anyway, um, so, and here's the thing for Carolina. Not only are they having to do this turnaround this weekend, but they have to turn around to do the turnaround again next weekend. That's right. The ACC scheduled two of 
Carolina's three 48-hour turnarounds in back-to-back weekends right towards the end of the regular season. That's fair, right? That makes a ton of sense. No, absolutely not. So this weekend, it's at Virginia Tech versus Louisville. And then next weekend, it's at NC State and then home versus Syracuse. And keep in mind, what what does that mean for this team that is not playing uh, with as much depth as a typical Carolina team has under Roy Williams? Not only that, but there's been attrition with Dawson Garcia out, Anthony Harris out, Justin McCoy missed Wednesday's game. No word on him yet for Saturday, but uh, Carolina is really having to rely on essentially an eight-man rotation, the five starters, Puff Johnson, Kerwin Walton, and and now Dontrez Styles has been more entered into that mix. And obviously, if McCoy is able to go on Saturday, he will get minutes as well. So this means not much turnaround time for Carolina. You got to hustle. You got to recover. Thankfully, neither of these away trips is very long. You know, Blacksburg's not uh, too terribly far. And then the other away game next weekend is is just in Raleigh at NC State. So at least, thankfully, Carolina is not having to do a trip to to Miami or up to Boston for Boston College or anything like that. That does at least mitigate some of the travel. But still, come on, ACC. Be like I know that the ESPN has to have big entities on their screen, on their schedule, but why can't we make this a more balanced thing? Allow uh, each team the opportunity, A, to be showcased on a Monday night, but also force each team to have to do this. And, uh, okay, yes, great, I'm going to stop. I'm going to quit bickering about it because you know what? Carolina is in that position because they're a dominant program, and that's just what you got to do to be the best. So, you know what? Keep giving Carolina these turnarounds, and they'll just keep winning. That's how it's going to be. So, Carolina plays Virginia Tech again on Saturday, and then later Saturday night, Carolina's own Cole Anthony will be taking part in the NBA dunk contest. We'll talk about that in just a minute, but first, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bars are great candy bar replacement options covered in, you ready for this, 100% real chocolate. Some of the great flavors include mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. Yes, I'm all about that. These flavors are all delicious and, and new ones are being added all the time, so just keep your eyes peeled for what new flavors there are. When you think about a typical candy bar, you're talking anywhere between 200 to 300 calories, but most built bars are clocking in at just 130 of those bad boy calories. So go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, and you're going to be blown away at these numbers. You ready? 130 calories, that's it, four grams of sugar only four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. That's great. That's what I'm looking for when I'm on that keto diet, trying to cut all that December weight off of me, and goodness, I have packed it on. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. That's built.com. Well, Cole Anthony is going to participate in the 2022 NBA Slam Dunk Contest. That's great news, great exposure for the Tar Heels. Hopefully, he'll be able to give the university some love. To give you a little history, uh, and you might even be able to remember this, uh, Carolina has won the Slam Dunk Contest three times. I'm going to pause, give you just a second to think about who that is and when they won it. Do, 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 ba, do, ba, do. 
That's my little hum while I wait. Okay, you ready? Here we go. It was the year 2000, the last time a Tar Heel won an NBA slam dunk contest, and that was none other than VC Vince Carter hanging there elbow deep in the basket winning that one. And several years before that, giving you a little more time, some guy named Mike, uh, who had a birthday yesterday on Thursday, won the slam dunk contest in 1987 and 1988. Yes, that's right. The GOAT, Michael Jordan, won back-to-back slam dunk contest. So those are your three times that a Tar Heel has won that contest. There are a couple other participants. Jordan himself uh, did it in 85, so a total of three times he was in it. The Jet, Kenny Smith, participated three times in the dunk contest as well, 1990, 91, and 93. Jerry Stackhouse was in it in 96, and in that same one with Vince Carter in 2000. And then the most recent candidate, or um, participant, excuse me, before Cole Anthony was Harrison Barnes back in 2014. I had forgotten about that one until I was getting ready to talk about this, that uh, he had done the competition. Well, as for this year, what's it going to look like? Who's going up against Cole Anthony? Well, it takes place tomorrow, Saturday night, February 19th, uh, while we're all basking, hopefully, in a Carolina victory over Virginia Tech, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on TNT. There's four total participants. So it's Cole Anthony, and then the Knicks, Obi Toppin, the Warriors, Juan Toscano-Anderson, and the Rockets, Jalen Green. So that's your four participants. And uh, so here, here's the format. Here's how it's going to shake out. There's two rounds. Each player gets two dunks in the first round. You combine the scores from each of those two dunks. Two highest scores move on to the finals. Pretty simple, pretty easy, right? Yes. And then in the final round, we're getting to the final round super quick. In the final round, we've also got uh, two dunks. Highest combined score is your champion. For me, my money's worth, I'm going with Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin participated in it last year. And man, all anytime I think about him, I just picture that last year uh, that he played at Dayton. Some of those ridiculous dunks he was pulling off. Unfortunately, uh, that was the year cut short by COVID. Was really excited uh, to see what Dayton did in the tournament. I remember uh, them playing, Dayton played Kansas in the Maui final. And man, that was a fantastic game and something of his national coming out party. Well, Cole Anthony in this All-Star Weekend is also taking part in the, uh, you ready for this? The Clorox Rising Stars game. Yes, that's right. Clorox is the sponsor of the Rising Stars game. If you can figure that one out, you can tell me all about it because I have no idea why Clorox is choosing to participate in uh, branding this. That just makes all sorts of sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, tonight, Friday, 9 o'clock p.m., on TNT, just like the rest of the All-Star Game activities. And here's how that's going to go down. There are four teams of seven players. It's made up of 12 NBA rookies, 12 NBA uh, sophomores, and then four players from the G League Ignite program. That's uh, some of those. It's like players that have finished uh, high school and are participating instead of going to college in that. And so that's who who that is, if if you don't remember. And so basically what's going to happen is these four teams are going to square off in two semifinal games. Rather than playing a timed game, uh, they're going to just play to 50, whoever gets their first wins. And then the two winners will face off in a third game that goes to 
25. And so basically what they've done is uh, the NBA selected four coaches to to draft a, a seven-player team. And so Cole Anthony was actually drafted by fellow Tar Heel James Worthy. So that's pretty cool. So here's the seven players, uh, or the six other players, I guess I should say, on Cole Anthony's team. Uh, Orlando Magic teammate Jalen Suggs. So that's pretty cool. You might remember, uh, if you haven't been paying attention, Jalen Suggs was part of that fantastic Gonzaga team last year that fell just short. Hit, hit the ridiculous shot to beat UCLA in the semifinal and the Final Four game. Uh Tyrese Maxey, who played at Kentucky. Herbert Jones, who's from Alabama, great defender. Uh, fellow dunk contest competitor Jalen Green. Oklahoma City's Josh Giddy and Marjan Bochamp. And so that'll be uh, a fun team to watch. And just in case you're interested in it, they're going to take on uh, Isaiah Thomas's team, comprised of Precious Achua. Uh, you remember, remember him from uh, Memphis, Carolina, had, had pursued him, but he ended up going to Memphis. And then after that whole debacle at Memphis, he ended up kind of being the star of that team. Uh, and then, anyway, also on Isaiah Thomas's roster is Desmond Bain, Sadiq Bey, who's from Villanova, Anthony Edwards, he played at Georgia, Tyrese Halliburton was at Iowa State, Jaden Hardy, and Isaiah Stewart. So that'll round out the team that Cole Anthony will play. And so you're going to have two opportunities to watch Cole Anthony play in All-Star Game activities this weekend. First, on Friday night. This Clorox Rising Stars game, it's gonna. Here's here's why Clorox is sponsoring it. No fouls. It's gonna be a really clean game. <laughs> yes, I did it. I figured it out. That's why Clorox is sponsoring this. The refs have been instructed to call zero fouls. That's that's it. It's a clean game. Anyway, I'm. So sorry for my dad jokes. Saturday night, you can watch Cole Anthony in the dunk contest, and then Sunday is the actual NBA All-Star Game. Unfortunately, there's no Tar Heels that made one of the NBA All-Star Game rosters, but always an entertaining game and a great time. So hopefully this this weekend should be a great opportunity for Cole Anthony to represent. Obviously, he's going to represent his Magic team, but uh, would, would love it if he's able to give his Tar Heel family some love as well. So that's this weekend. That's this week's show. And that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Please, please go subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, anywhere else. It'll be there for you. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnHeels. Follow me at Isaac Shade. One S, two A's in Isaac, and there's a C in Shade. Please, if you'd like to talk more about anything from the show or send in a story, you can do that at LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Hey, and as, if you like what you're hearing, why don't you go tell a friend? Say, hey, love this great Carolina community we're building. Would love for you to come be part of it. And you can go ahead and tell them. Here's what we're talking about Monday. We're going to re- recap the Virginia Tech game. We're going to look ahead to Monday night's Louisville game. And we'll have plenty of All-Star game stuff to talk about, as well as Cole Anthony's performance in the Clorox Rising Stars game and how he did in the dunk contest. Well, thank you so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every day. And now I want to encourage you to make Locked on Bets your second listen. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts, just like every other show in the Locked on family. Go check it out. 
Well, thanks so much for spending part of your day talking Carolina with me. I hope you have a great weekend. And remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until next time, peace!